Welcome to the Flipping Real Estate Like the Pros podcast. Here you'll learn everything you need to know to be a successful real estate entrepreneur and achieve the financial freedom you've always wanted. We talk with real experts about their experiences, their accomplishments, and more importantly, how you can learn from their mistakes so you can jumpstart your business and fortify your strategic alliances. There's no BS, no fluff, zero guru talk, just real real estate knowledge. Let's get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Greg here again with another phenomenal guest for you today. Today, I have with you Tony Javier. Tony, tell us a little bit about yourself, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Well, first of all, I appreciate you having me on. Um, so I've been a real estate investor since 2001 and uh, started um, started my business based on an infomercial, actually. I, I saw a um, infomercial on TV one late night called No Down Payment by Carlton Cheese. I'm sure you've heard of it, Greg. Uh, sure. Um, and a lot of other people have as well. And I think I'm one of the very few that I know of uh, that have actually taken that or bought that course and used it. A lot of people buy that course and put it on the shelf and, and never really put it to use. So, um, And it did what it said it was going to do, just taught me how to buy properties with no money down. And, uh, you know, brought on, brought on a partner pretty early to help fund some deals. Um, had my dad co-sign on the first couple properties for me. And, uh, I think the first two properties I bought or the, the only really two properties that I've done physical labor on, I think after that, I realized that I wasn't, uh, wasn't the greatest of that part of the business. And, uh, so fast forward, uh, to today, I've got a, a really great team in Wichita, Kansas that runs my business for me. I actually live in uh, San Diego, California now, so I, my team runs, uh, runs my office there and uh, kind of starting some new businesses and doing some, some different high-level things in real estate uh, now that I live in San Diego. So yeah, we, we buy and flip houses. Uh, our, our model is we buy it with the intention to rehab the property, and most of the time we do. Every once in a while, we'll wholesale a property here and there. It's not very often. And then... Um, we decide after we're done renovating it if we're going to sell it or keep it as a rental property. And so that's, um, that's kind of our model. Uh, we do a lot of rent-to-own properties, uh, people that just don't have credit, uh, take a down payment, uh, put them into a house that they normally wouldn't have been able to get into right away and help them with their credit to uh, get financing to buy that property within about a year, uh, sometimes up to two years. And, uh, so yeah, that's our model and what we're doing right now. Awesome stuff, man. That's, that's a lot. It's a lot to handle, but it sounds like you got a pretty good team, right? Yeah, I got a great team in place. I wouldn't be able to, uh, to rehab properties, uh, from this far away. In fact, I never thought I, I could until I, I saw, um, someone doing it and I actually hired them as a coach. And within a few short years of uh, hiring that coach and doing some mastermind events and getting, getting into some high level rooms, um, you know, it, was I able to visualize that and, and put into play? So uh, fortunate, I've got a great team that runs uh, 99% of the business without me. And I just have uh, calls with my team once a week, kind of keep them in line, put some goals in place, and uh, they're rocking and rolling out there. That's awesome. 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 So are you from there or where are you actually from, Tony? Yeah, people ask me, why did you start a business in Wichita, Kansas? And uh, it's pretty simple. I, um, was born and raised there. So yeah, I was born and raised. Um, you know, I, I met my wife in 2012 and at that point I'd 
I was visiting San Diego, California a lot and uh, told myself I'd live here one of these days and met my wife. She's from Canada. Uh, I was from Kansas. We met at a Tony Robbins seminar. Nice. And uh, yeah, so we... Oh, that's uh, right. She, Real quick, I'm going to stop you, Tony. You have that success story on TonyRobbins.com or somewhere, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I think you saw that video. I did. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll have to yeah. go, send me the link so we can put it in the show notes for everybody to go watch. Yeah, for sure. It's a cool story. I won't, I won't go too far into it, but we ended up meeting at Tony Robbins and just tons of synchronicities and, and things that just kind of lined up perfectly. And, uh, she didn't like Kansas. Um, she, you know, she moved there for a few months and said, Hey, let's, let's get out of here and move somewhere else. And I'd wanted to live in San Diego anyway. So, uh, we actually did a short stint in Florida, uh, started a real estate business out there. And then we, uh, ended up moving to, to California a year later. So just worked out perfectly and love living out here in California. Awesome stuff. So you got introduced to real estate through Carlton Sheets. Now, was he, was his program about wholesaling or was it like buying like owner finance type stuff? You know, honestly, it was a bare bones basic course <laughs> and okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He did talk about wholesaling. I think he, 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 um, he, he did assignments is what he did, uh, or what he taught in his course. So basically it was how to buy properties with no money down. It was using private lenders. It was finding people that are willing to do owner carry. It was having someone co-sign on loans for you. I mean, just many different ways to buy properties with no money down. Got it. Um, and then on the back side of it, didn't really teach much about fix and flip. I think it talked about fixing and flipping, but didn't really go into, you know, the real business part of it. And then talked about rental properties as well as, um, just like I said, assigning contracts to other investors. Good deal. So you said you bought a couple of deals with your, your dad as your co-signer. Tell us about the first deal you ever did and how did you go about finding it? And, and talk a little bit about the mechanics of that deal. Well, it was actually a really simple deal. I, uh, my dad had owned the property and had been in my family a long time. Uh, I had a, two other aunts that owned this property. My dad now owned it. Um, it needed some work done on it. It was a rental property. So my deal with him is that I would do work on the property. So it needed, you know, like I said, it needed some TLC. I did some painting. I did tree trimming, cleanup, you know, all this, all that good stuff. In return, he would co-sign on a new loan for me and give me the down payment to buy the property. Um, so that's, that's kind of how that deal happened. Very simple. It was already in the family. Um, and I actually still own that property today, 17 years later. Um, still on that same rental property. Really? Uh, wow. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, second deal, I like Carlton Sheets told you in the program, he said, align yourself with realtors. And so I just started calling out of the paper. At that point, the internet uh, wasn't, it was, it was around, but it wasn't, um, I don't even know if Craigslist was around at that point. So picked up a newspaper, just started calling and talked to an agent. She had a property uh, ended up putting in an offer, accepted. And then same thing, went back to my dad and said, Hey dad, how can you help me with this deal? I've got decent credit, but, um, I, I can't get a loan by myself. So he ended up co-signing on a construction loan. And so I was able to get in with no money down cause I bought the property cheap enough. I actually ended up getting, I think $10,000 cash back on that deal by the time it was said and done, just cause I, uh, cause of the way the loan to values worked and what I had into the property. And, uh, actually I think, yeah, I still own that property, uh, today. And, um, 
cash flows pretty well. And, uh, so yeah, those are my first two deals, uh, right off the bat. I actually did those back to back, um, in September of 2001 is when that happened right around nice. 9-11. Oh, wow. Okay. So you've been through the good times and the bad times, Tony, tell us a little bit about how good it was in the good times. And then tell us a little bit about what happened, uh, with your business, if anything, uh, during the recession. Well, honestly, my business got better during the recession, which is kind of weird. Um, so Wichita, Kansas is kind of secluded, I should say, you know, somewhat secluded from the national bubbles that happen. So when prices go way up, ours, ours go up, up a little bit more. You know, we're usually between 2% and 4% per year in appreciation. And then when we have the down years, I think even the worst year, I think Wichita went down like a percent or something like that in value. It wasn't, wow. it wasn't that much. Okay. So that's the great thing about investing in the Midwest. And that's why a lot of people from California and other places invest in the Midwest is because, you know, when stuff, when, when, it, when it hits the fan around the country, which happens about every 10 years. So I think we're, we're supposed to be due right now for another, re, uh, another mm-hmm. real estate recession. Our, our price, our prices aren't, uh, aren't affected that much. You know, it may take a little bit longer to sell a property. Um, you know, there's some different factors in there, but actually I like recessions. I like it when mar- markets are soft because that way I can find better deals. Same when the mark, yeah, exactly. So when the market is, is hot, like it is right now, it's harder to find deals because people can sell their properties for more money. So they're not putting them they're not necessarily calling an investor like me as much. They're uh, putting them on the MLS. Um, and there's a lot of competition out there, a lot of money floating around. So when people see a good market, they want to invest in it. So they're putting more money in. So I can't, I honestly can't wait for a little recession here in the near future. That way we can uh, find better deals and there's not so many people in the market. Absolutely. So what are you doing to combat that right now? Because we're all struggling, you know, on the investment side to find good deals. So what are you guys doing to combat that? Well, we're, we're just adding to our marketing. You know, a lot of people when, um, when they're not fine, well, we're not, we're not struggling by any means, but usually when there's like a recession or when things happen and someone makes an adjustment, they usually try and cut marketing costs to try and compensate for other things. Um, so instead of cutting our marketing costs and just trying to cut costs, we're doing the opposite. So I've got, um, I've got a digital build. We just bought a big commercial building, uh, in Kansas. So it's, it's on a major highway. So we're putting a big digital billboard on our property. Um, that's going to see, I think it's somewhere around 50,000 cars a day. will drive by there. So that's one thing we're adding. And just to back up, we're doing a lot of, uh, a lot of marketing right now. So we're doing, TV, we're doing radio, we're doing Facebook ads, we're doing um, direct mail. I mean, you name it, we're just doing just about everything. And so um, the two things that I've been wanting to do for a while are uh, digital billboard, which uh, we should have installed in the next four to six weeks. And then um, we're going to go back to the newspaper. I haven't done a newspaper ad in a long time. And I got this from uh, another real estate investor in another city. And they said, you need to do half-page ads in a newspaper, kind of advertorial, uh, which basically means it's not, it's not an ad, it's not quite an editorial, it's in between where you write it and it kind of looks like a story about your company. So we're, uh, we're actually going to start that this Sunday. Um, 
putting an ad in, in, in the newspaper in the um, uh, front page section. And so, um, so that'll be another thing that we're adding to our rep- repertoire. Um, so yeah, I mean, to me, it's just, you, you got to figure it out. So I can't, we can't just sit back and say, you know what, the market's soft or not, not the market's soft, but we're finding less deals. The market's really good because of that. Um, we need to figure out more, more ways to find deals. And so that's what we're doing. Also looking at acquiring other companies, you know, we're starting, um, some different businesses, uh, uh, kind of not, some of it has to do with real estate. Some of it doesn't. But what I want to start doing is acquiring, um, you know, like sheetrock companies, paint companies, foundation companies. Sure. And that, and that way it helps our business because then we can find better deals or give ourselves better deals on those types of, uh, you know, those types of uh, trades. Uh, we can get to our projects faster and not have to wait because, you know, if we own the company, we predict what they're doing. And then it also provides other streams of income. So that way, if... You know, at some point it just dries out to where, you know, no matter what we're doing for marketing, we're just not able to find the amount of deals we need to sustain, which I don't, I don't really see that happening, but it's possible. Uh, we've got those other uh, streams of income to offset it. Yep. I like that idea. We've talked about buying and acquiring some service-based type businesses, just like you said, to help, um, help cut the cost down um, because that's another problem we're having here in Florida is finding uh, labor that's either good or it's, uh, fair enough price to uh, to make it worth our while because the the prices have just skyrocketed for help down here and then you know ones that aren't charging enough essentially aren't doing a good enough job so it's like catch twenty two. Yeah, no doubt. When I was in Florida for a year, that's one of the struggles I had was uh, finding good people for good prices. I mean, mm-hmm. all around it was just really tough in Florida. I think that's from what I understand and what I experience, it's one of the toughest places to, uh, to flip houses because, uh, because of the contractors. Yep. So yeah, if you can, if you can, yeah, if you can create a company and find uh, better people and uh, better predictor prices. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a great way to go for sure. Well, yeah. That's, that's what happened to my mentor, Luke Weber. I don't, I'm pretty sure you know, Luke, right? No, I don't. No, you don't know Luke Weber? Okay, he's my one of my mentors on the fix and flip side. Uh, I was his boots on the ground here in, in uh, the Tampa Bay area in St. Petersburg, to be exact. And um, he's just killing it out in Las Vegas because they can find help and they can turn and burn their properties where I did about five or six projects with him here and we could not for the life of us find reputable help. And I still struggle with that to this day. It's why our, our margins are so thin sometimes because these guys just, they eat up the time and the cost of doing a renovation here. So maybe it's about time we move out of this damn state for uh, renovations. Man, it's killing <laughs> oh, I I, oh, I know. That's why we pulled out of that market. We did it for a year and, you know, we made some, made some money and, you know, I, I wouldn't change it because we, we had a lot of learning lessons out there and made a lot of great relationships. But yeah, Florida, Florida is a really tough place to, uh, to do rehabs in for sure. Yep. So Tony, you've been doing this quite a while now. So um, what do you think was the turning point in your business? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, you know, before our, uh, we, we got on here, we, we talked a little bit about uh, my business and having to reset a couple times. So I think back in 2005, um, oh, shoot, I think it's even happened three times now that I think about it. <laughs> uh, two, <laughs> 2000, 2005, um, I had a, a staff of, I want to say, five to seven people ended up 
uh, not being the right people, um, just didn't have it set up right, ended up um, having to let everybody go. 2007 or eight, I think it happened again, but I only had a couple of staff members. And then 2010, it happened again. I had five people working for me and had to let them all go. And so 2011, I believe is when I hired my sister. And at the, at that time she was managing another office and she was the hub of that office. She, any, anything anybody needed, they went to her. And so I knew she could handle a high volume of problems and issues and, you know, just administrative stuff. And she was making twice as much as my previous assistant, but I just said, you know what, I can't keep doing this and just kind of bit the bullet and ended up paying her what I needed to pay her and what she needed to, to make. And that's one of the best decisions I've ever made. So, I mean, you don't necessarily have to hire a family member. What I suggest on that side of it is hiring really good people. And instead of hiring people at 10 to 12 bucks an hour to try and save money, you know, you get to a price point where you're hiring people that um, you just get a significantly higher quality of person. And I think that starts happening in, in my market around $15 an hour. And then you go out to another price point of 18 to $20 an hour and you get a completely different person. Um, Same so here. that would, yeah. So that was, that was a turning point for my business. And now I actually have people that are on payroll that I, when she came on board that I'm paying more than twice the amount of money to. And it's because, you know, we're doing good business. We're hiring better people and we're continuously upgrading the jobs that we have and uh, just the quality of people we have. And it's just been a game changer. Man, that's awesome. I'm definitely going to be picking your brain on that stuff afterwards. Cause we, uh, like I told you before uh, we got on the podcast uh, that, you know, we've had to kind of hit the reset button too. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of learning lessons there. And I think that's one of the reasons that um, I had to, fire people um so much in the past is that i was just hiring the wrong quality of people and you can have a great business model you can have all the tools and systems in place that you need in your business but if you don't have good people to run them it's it's going to fall apart could agree with that 100 percent, 100 percent. so tony do you have a rolling total of how many deals you've done or a ballpark you know, I, I had someone ask that the other day. Um, I would say in, in the in the time we've been in business, we'll do, we'll buy close to 100 properties this year. And um, if I had to uh, just guesstimate the amount of transactions we've done, it's probably somewhere between 800 and 1,000, you know, if I, if I counted them up. That's so, crazy. So you got a lot to yeah. pick from when I ask you this question. Is one that I almost always stump everybody on. So of those deals, what's the craziest one you've ever went through? Stay tuned. We'll be back with the second half of the interview after a quick word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere. Do you have a question you just can't seem to find the answer to? Need to bounce ideas off a trusted expert? Do you want suggestions on how to improve your existing business strategy and real estate investing? Or do you wish you could get advice from a real estate expert that's been there and done that? Go to gregscoaching.youcanbook.me and book a free coaching call with me today. You'll have exclusive one-on-one time to go over whatever it is you need in order to propel your business to the next level. 
Again, that's gregscoaching.youcanbook.me to book your free 15-minute coaching call. Of those deals, what's the craziest one you've ever went through? Oh, I'm going to have to go to Florida, man. I'm going to have to go to my deals <laughs> in Florida, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, well, actually, I have two of them, but they were both pretty similar. Um, so I had a contractor we hired. Um, again, we couldn't find we, – we knew we were kind of settling when we hired this person. We just needed to start the job. So I ended up hiring this guy. Um, our budget was 50000 on this deal. I could have wholesaled it and made like 20 grand and just been done with it. But, um, I projected to make, I don't know, 40 to 50 grand. I can't remember what the exact number was by, by flipping it. And so we ended up hiring this contractor and, uh, he comes in and, you know, he, he does his deal. He does his demo, find out he doesn't pull permits. Um, he's got about $30,000 worth of work done. And it keeps coming back to us for more money. And I'm like, I've already paid you for what's been done. Now you tell me you haven't pulled permits. And then he uses that against me. He said, well, I'm going to call the city on you. So I, I keep paying this guy more money just because I, I need him to finish. And so long story short, fire him. Uh, he turns us into the city, hired a new contractor. Contractor comes in and says, oh, by the way, this $30,000 of work that the guy just did, we have to rip out and completely redo it. Oh my God. And so our $50,000 budget ends up turning into, I think like 90,000 or something like that. I mean, it was, it was almost double. And uh, so anyway, I went from potentially making 40 to 50 grand on this deal just because in, in that, <laughs> that second contractor we hired, we had to fire him as well and then hire another contractor to finish up. So we had three contractors on that job. And I've only lost money on, I think, four deals I've ever done in my life. And two of them were in Florida. Jeez. And uh, we ended up losing like 30 grand, 40 grand, something like that on this deal. So that was, uh, yeah, that was probably one of the worst deals I've ever done. Uh, good learning lesson. And uh, so <laughs> we just chalked it up to a learning lesson, basically, was what it came down to. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. We don't get to talk about the failures too much on this podcast. And I don't hear a lot of podcasts out there actually talking about the failures. It's all the all the glamour and glitz of all this stuff that we do in real estate investing. It's the sexy stuff, right? Let's talk about that loss. Like what does that do to your psyche and what does that do to your business in general? Well, here's the thing about this is that, you know, my wife talks about it every so often and don't be offended by this. But when she says Florida, I say, don't say the F word. Come on, please don't say it because it's just bad memories, you know, just a lot of bad memories. But here's the thing is because I lived in Florida, I met a gentleman who um, has had a real estate, uh, had a mastermind, and I wouldn't have met him had I not been there. And from that, I created my own real estate mastermind. And then from that real estate mastermind, I created uh, a, a general business mastermind that we do in Wichita, which we're expanding into San Diego and in a bunch of different markets. And so anytime someone, you know, uh, says, you know, what do you, what do you think about Florida? Obviously, it wasn't a great experience, but now I look at, at what I spend more than 50% of my time on, which is basically the mastermind events that, that I run and, and that I'm getting, getting up and going. And had it not been for that experience, just going to Florida in general, then I wouldn't have those. So I could sit here and say, don't, you know, 
don't talk about Florida. And, you know, uh, it was a bad experience in which it was, but, but I say, you know what, I went through it and I learned a great deal through it and I create, I've created multiple businesses out of it. And so I, because of those mastermind events, now we're getting into co-working spaces and building out commercial buildings to, to do co-working. So it's just been, you know, Florida led to the masterminds, which led to co-working, which is leading to all kinds of other opportunities from our mastermind events. Um, you know, commercial real estate, I mean, all kinds of different things that have come from it. So if you can take just the, the struggles you've been through and take the things that have been not so great in your life, or your business, and just say, what did I learn from them and what came out of them? You can usually find something pretty dang good that came out of it. That's very true. So let's talk about this a little bit too. So you got some new people, obviously getting into the business almost seems like every day, there's at least, you know, a handful of new people, if not dozens of them. Uh, depending on different markets, right? So how do you separate yourself from them, Tony? Se- uh, so, sorry, separate myself from who again? The newbies, the guys that are coming in, you know, the, the new wholesalers, the new buy and uh, fix and flip guys. Like, how do you separate yourself from them? Uh, because it seems like every day there's there's more and more people coming into the marketplace to buy properties. Honestly, I ask my team that almost every month. I'm like, what can we do? be doing better to get deals that we're not getting right now? And unfortunately, a good part of you just can't do anything about because you have newbies and people that buy properties for rentals that just um, don't run their numbers right. And they can pay way, they pay way more for properties than we can. I mean, we're getting outbid. These are, you know, these are $40,000 properties we're bidding on sometimes. And there's investors coming in at ten dollars to $20,000 over what we can offer. And so all we can do on our side is market better better message, uh, better customer service. You know, we answer the phone, um, you know, at least 75% of the time. And if we don't answer the phone, we call someone back within the hour is kind of our standard. Um, we get out quickly. We make offers quickly. We do what we say we're going to do. And hopefully that leads to not only doing business with that person, but also getting referrals from them. So again, sometimes it just, you could do the best customer service in the world. You can, you know, create the best relationship with someone, but sometimes it just comes down to numbers. Um, So, you know, I would say, you know, for anybody who's getting into the business, it's just, you got to make sure you run your numbers right. Make sure that um, you, you, you have credibility, make sure you have your stuff lined up and make sure you can execute because there are those times where we are the first one out we get the deal and someone comes in and offers, offers them more money later. Um, so that's the only way we can combat um, higher offers is just getting to the property first. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah. So you just got to make sure you're ready to pull the trigger and, and ready to roll when an opportunity comes about. Yeah. I tell our students that come through our area all the time. I was like, guys, if you have a part-time or a full-time job and you want to jump into this right now, you're asking for it because guys like me who answer the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, um, you're not going to compete with that. Like, so you're going to have to find a way to se- separate yourself from, from the big boy, quote unquote, big boys. I don't consider myself a big boy by any means, but you know what I'm saying? You know, um, you just have to find yourself to, uh, other ways to differentiate yourself again, media message, you know, how do you, how do you separate it that way? So, you know, if you are, if you guys are listening and you're f- trying to figure out how you're going to do this, you guys got to get with a mentor. Talk about coaching a little bit, Tony, and how it's changed your life and your business. 
Yeah. So back in, um, I told you when I fired my staff, whole staff the last time in 2010 ish, 2011, um, I can't remember the exact year, but, um, at that time I was trying to do everything myself and you hit the nail right on the head when you said, get a mentor and, you know, really to me, a mentor and a coach, the only two differences you, you pay for a coach and a mentor is typically, um, you know, typically they're going to do it, do it for free just to, to kind of help you out. But any which way I didn't ask for help pretty much for the first 10 years, you know, I went to educational events, I read books. Um, I, I, you know, for the first five years, actually, I probably didn't even talk about any kind of negative things that I was going through in my business, because I thought if I talked about those things, I was failing and that, um, I would kind of look bad, if you will. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that when you tell people about those things, number one, it's therapy. If you just hold it in, it's just going to eat inside of you. So just by getting it out and talking to someone about it, um, helps you tremendously. And two, there are so many people out there that have answers for what you're going through. In fact, that's, that's why I love the masterminds that, that we put together. And that's why I'm so passionate about it is because that's one of the things that changed my business. So I started with coaching, ended up finding mastermind events and mastermind events for those, those of you who aren't familiar with them, it's basically getting in a room with like-minded people, sharing your struggles, using the t- uh, room as a board of advisors and just getting answers for the questions that you have in your business or uh, figuring out a way to do things easier in different seg- segments of your business. And so by me now knowing that, you know, when I have a struggle, I need to tell someone about it. Number one, it just feels good to get it out. And two, there's typically someone that I could talk to that says, hey, I've been through that struggle before. Here's what I did. Or they, even if they haven't been through it before, they can say, have you tried this? Or have you tried that? Or they're going to have something to give you that will help you through whatever it is you're going through. So I'm a huge proponent of coaching. I'm a huge proponent of mastermind events. And I think when you can ask people for advice, um, that that's where the magic happens. I mean, we, you know, we're, we're taught, you know, through many different, uh, outlets, whether it's media or books and all these things to work hard, work hard, work hard. But really I worked hard for 10 years and yeah, financially I was, you know, doing okay, but I didn't have a sustainable business and really sustainable life. I mean, I was stressed to the max. And so by asking for help and, you know, just reaching out to other people to help get through some of the struggles I had, it was just a huge relief knowing that I had people to go to and that I could bounce ideas off people. So now I have, um, you know, I have, uh, three coaches. I hold my own mastermind events. I go to mastermind events and it's just a life changer. So it's, it's, um, you know, you talk about going through the struggles and looking at what uh, came good out of it ended up, you know, and ended up realizing that through the struggles that I needed to ask for help. And, you know, that's the, I guess the light at the end of the tunnel. Dude, I could, I I say this a lot, but I couldn't agree more with you because I've I've had to do some of the same things myself. I've had to hire, I've hired business coach. I've hired a referrals coach. What kind of coaches do you have, Tony? So I have, um, I have two different coaches right now and honestly, they don't really have anything to do with real estate, but they do. So I've got a high performance coach. Okay. So high, high performance coach is, um, 
basically he he goes through he has a program where he goes through eight different um eight different modules and i've gone through them multiple times now because i've had them for i think a year and a half now so uh he goes through productivity he goes through energy presence um he's he's got eight different things i can't remember exactly okay. what they all are but basically just goes through them and the, the cool thing is is that anytime that i have something I'm going through, typically the module that we're going through is, is something that'll help me. And I think that's why his programs work so well is the eight different things that he goes through typically have to do with almost every area of your life. Okay. So high performance coach is one. And then the other one is kind of a, um, more of a spiritual coach, you know, someone that I can just kind of talk to about growth and just life in general. And, um, I feel like that's something that um, I guess people don't really talk about as much as they could or should because I've just just started experiencing that really within the last few years. So really, the coaches I have at this point don't have anything to do with real estate. They have to do with just me, you know, and sure. working on myself. And I think that's where some people get get things wrong is that they try and work so hard on their businesses. And 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 I say this because I was one of them for many many years. I thought. If I created a bigger business, if I hired more employees, if I did all these things, that I would be stronger and I would be all these things. But it took me a long time to realize that I need to work on myself first. And then if I do that, the business is going to get the exponential benefit of it. And um, I'm just going to feel so much better, you know? Absolutely. You know, people who don't understand, real estate is just a business. It's not, it's not any different from a plumbing company or... Facebook or any of these companies are it's all the same stuff. We all have to do the same type of thing. It's just a different type of business. It's business is business. Would you agree? I mean, it's all the same stuff, but if you're not, if you're, your mind's not right, the rest of it doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, think about it. If you get up in the morning and you don't feel like working, you're, you're not, you don't have a lot of energy, you're tired, you're unfocused, you go into work, it doesn't matter how hard, quote unquote, you work, you're not going to get the results you're going to get as opposed to when you wake up and you're energetic, you're positive, you're, you know, ready to go for the day. So I've got, you know, a morning routine that I go through almost every single morning and it has to do with meditating, working out, uh, healthy breakfast. I've got actually a daily planner that I do every day that goes through, you know, gratitude, uh, what I can do for someone else the three most important things I need to do for the day to make sure I'm not focusing on so many things that are unimportant. So, I mean, it's just made a world of difference shifting from how can I make my business better to how can I make myself better first? Cause then that influences the business. Cause think about it. If you, again, if you wake up in the morning and you're the first thing I said, which is vibrant, energetic, and, and ready to go, you're going to get done two to 10, maybe even a hundred times more than if you wait when you wake up and you just don't feel like doing anything, you know, and if you do it for, for many years, like I, I actually did, you're just going to feel worn down and, and, you know, want to quit. I'm, there's many times I wanted to quit because I was so worn down, but you know, now when things come at me, when things don't go the way I want them to, I can handle them a lot better because I've, I've worked on myself a lot more. Absolutely. So Tony, you've been awesome today. You've been bringing a lot of knowledge. I'm learning a lot too, and I'm going to benefit from a lot from this 
What, any parting words that you'd like to give the Alliance before we get you out of here today? You know, I think I think I covered most of everything that I that I would you know try and tell anybody, and that's um, you know surround yourself by good people. Don't forget to ask for help. Um, you know, I, I spend hundreds of thousands of dollars um, hiring people and going to different events to to get help. So don't don't skip on your education and asking for help. Um, I, I think I just said surround yourself with good people, and that's you know even people outside of your business, and then inside of your business when you're hiring people, just make sure that they fit the kind of person that you're looking for. Because I've hired people um, based on many different things, you know, whether it's experience or, um, you know, just many, many different things. And what it comes down to is I just, I, I, I want good people on my side that I know are capable, capable of doing the job. They don't have to have all the experience in the world. They don't have to have this huge resume. You know, I want them to have some, uh, some kind of consistent experience, uh, with their previous jobs, but just make sure you're doing it right. Set things up. In this business, you can also cut corners a lot and you can, what's the right word I want to use? I guess you can do things not by the book, if you will. And that can, number one, get you in a lot of trouble. I've seen investors get in trouble by not doing things by the books legally. And on the other side of it is your reputation is everything. So make sure you're doing people right. You're doing what you say you're going to do. And don't look at profits over. Uh, just being a good human being. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So I think that's that's really what I'd have to say. And you know, I'd say good luck to anybody who wants to, to start in this business. It's very lucrative. It's very profitable. It's very competitive right now. But if you can uh, set yourself apart and um, you know get in front of those opportunities, you can really do well in this business. And boom, awesome. Thanks, Tony. I really appreciate you taking time out of your awesome and busy schedule to be with the Alliance and myself today. Thanks again, Tony. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Greg. Awesome. You've just listened to another Flipping Real Estate Like the Pros podcast. We'd like to thank you for putting your trust in us to be your guide in this exciting venture called real estate investing. If you want us to expand on a topic you heard here today, or you have a new question of your own, head on over to gregscoaching.youcanbook.me for a free 15-minute coaching call, or you can leave your question in our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, head on over to iTunes to review, rate, and subscribe to the show. Be sure to strengthen your own alliance by sharing this podcast. Tune in next week for another expert interview or a great topic. Till then, catch you on the flip side, Alliance. Alliance.